I'm hitting record. We feel safe now. Uh, this is a safe space. Uh, why don't we do this? Because uh, the uh, people that have been following along on Facebook are like, are they ever going to start the show? So why don't we do this? Let's start immediately, and then let's get right to it. Dan Duran, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto and from our premium sunny Dominican Republic studio with a drug storage vent. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and GoDaddy. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and start selling online. GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. And now, here are two men who don't care that the doomsday clock is 90 seconds to midnight, as long as they're not in winter and in a warm place. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan Duran. I saw that story, the doomsday clock, 90 seconds to midnight. That's because our personal doomsday clock is about 10 seconds to midnight. Yeah, that's encouraging. Mm. Yeah, I think the older that you are, the less you're concerned about the doomsday clock. Because I think, well, statistically, old age will get us before doomsday does. Welcome, everyone. Lisa Baker and Darren Frost will be our guest retirement Sherpa hopping back on the show to talk some interesting stuff. Uh, and, um, yeah, one of the things we're going to talk about with uh, Tim today is about TFSAs versus RESPs. And uh, no, my uh, microphone's where it always is there. Par- partner? Okay, Can I right call on. you a partner? Mm, partner. Partner? Uh, I sa- my uh, original sound is on and everything else is uh, where it normally is. Fred, you might want to turn your mic down down just a little tiny bit. Okay, we're still right working on, on a couple go. of things. Okay. And uh, Fred, uh, Dan, is, uh, Dan, Fred is saying that uh, our sound is... Oh, no, he's saying fine. He's, well, he's waving that off. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, and we're going to get to a couple of emails today. Tomorrow's actual email day, but we're backed up. We're backed up, everyone. And so we're going to get to some of them today that are going to uh, be part of some discussions that we want to have. One in particular is this NHL Pride Night. Uh, there's been a note about that that I thought was interesting. Got an interesting note from a guy named Dennis Cote about how Trump won his club championship. We got to talk about that. <laughs> uh, but you wanted to begin with my uh, quickly. And, and again, so many people. Thank you very much, Humble and Fred. Hundy Peas, Hundy Peas in training. Newish listeners, we appreciate it. Um, so many nice words. Fred Ball, people, everyone sending me nice notes yesterday on my 63rd and did, birthday. And did you enjoy the day? Every minute of it. Every minute was great. Had a great time. Yeah, Every tell minute. Us, tell us what happened. <laughs> well, well, you know how I love going to the doctor. So oh, right. <laughs> did you have a birthday doctor visit? I did. Oh, wow. Except, I didn't realize yes, that. I didn't know that was yes. on the schedule. Well, the okay. thing is, Dan, I've been so concerned with my heart and my stomach that I and my checkups and my prostate and my blood work and my ultrasounds that I haven't even shared with you my actual, you know, golf injuries. So I went over to see the magical Dr. Sean King's at his new place there in Oakville, and I got a uh, B12 shot in my uh, rotator cuff area. I've been having some trouble with that, and then I did they did some therapy on it. So that's how my day began. Fantastic. 
shot. Um, I take B12 tablets, as you know. I had so recommended I. them to you. I do what every day. What does B12, what would a shot do to your shoulder? What? What is B12 is what I'm asking. I ask the same question. Have that effect. Well, rather and, than uh, shoot a whole bunch of cortisone in there, because I don't really need that, I've got right. some tears in my uh, rotator cuff. And what it does is it the problem with the tears is at the front of my, I guess, my labrum or whatever the hell that is. But it radiates to the back of my shoulder. So he put a shot in there just to bring some, you know, some healing to it. And he numbed the area. And then his uh, physiotherapist kinesiologist used this machine on it and i said why are you numbing that he says because the therapy is pretty painful and so we numb it so that we can go in there and break up all the scar tissue anyway that's how my day began it was fantastic i love that stuff does it feel better today uh yeah well you know it's it's that kind of sort of next day therapy it's a bit sore but i can tell i got more mobility in it uh, anyway, that was my that was how my day began, and then I got a great call from uh, both of my kids who were who are in Los Angeles today doing some uh, dog work. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, they're doing a, a shoot for a company with uh, Booby Billy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Then I Isn't uh, that in my in my son's in San Diego. Aw, wonder they could meet for dinner or something. You never know. Mm. Dan, how far is I? You know, I, I lived in Los Angeles, but I never went to San Diego. How far is it? Is it a couple hours? Yeah. Well, if you're flying, well. No, what is it no, to drive, no, no. Freddie? It's a quick drive. It's a couple hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like closer to San Francisco. Uh, San, is San no, 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 no. Oh, no, San Diego. San- no, no, I'm sorry. It's south of San I'm getting San Jose and San Diego. Right, right, right. Yeah. I've been to San Jose. San Diego's, San Diego's right nice. at, the Tia, at the Mexican border at Tijuana. 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 Uh, so and, I got a call from you know, them. Then I spent the afternoon doing some stuff, getting ready for Mexico. By the way, an interesting, another interesting story or whatever, a thought or two about how many people I tell I'm going to Mexico. They're all freaking out. Uh, then I spent the evening in the company of uh, XGFR. Again, played some ping pong downtown, did some downtown stuff, was on King Street playing ping pong. At a uh, place where all the cool kids go and play ping pong. And then we went to an oyster place, Freddie, I had. Wow. You know, I'm not really a connoisseur of oysters. But I have learned over time that there are some that I don't like. And it turns out the ones I'm not a big fan of are BC wow. oysters. Wow. Why? Well, we had an arrangement of them at this place called Oyster Boy on Queen Street, right near Trinity Bellwoods. Like, it's down in the city. Okay. And they, they, they give them to you in a, in a ring, and so you can identify the ones from PEI, the ones from, uh, you know, Fredericton, et cetera. And all the East Coast ones were my favorites. Just the, the way the salt water or whatever it is. And then we had four from BC that were plump. Like, so I didn't mind the texture. Some people don't like those really big ones. But this is one is, I don't know, have you ever had that experience? They just weren't as flavorful. Yeah, I've had oysters that, didn't have a lot of flavor, and then I was sort of spoiled last year. The Florida Panhandle were the best oysters I've ever had anywhere. They just were. They were just so flavorful. They were the from Florida? Where, yeah, from the Panhandle there. Hmm. There's a, a town called Apaluchacucatucci or something, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's the name of it. Apaluchacucci. Look, look it up. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and Charles. They have, a, they have a long, wonderful oyster history. And I think I told you guys the story about, you know, development in Georgia affected the the river coming into that area, which affected the oyster 
uh, farms. Uh, great story. So they're not as plentiful as they were at one point, but the, the oysters that you do get, oh, fellas. Oh, fellas. Well, we had a we shared 20 oysters as a part of our dinner, and uh, 16 of them were all, like, again, all the East Coast ones were great. Different ones, PEI, as I said. Uh, and, um, and it's not like the BC ones were terrible. It's just they weren't as good. And then I love dumping all that. Like a little bit of hot sauce, some horseradish. Dan, do you, I can't remember. Do you like oysters? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we used to go to oyster. We oystered a lot. Exactly. Our, we oystered uh, together. Yeah. But that's when I used to drink martinis and oysters. So it was just part of this ritual I had. Yeah. Um, and, of course, oysters are aphrodisiac. So is there kissing afterwards? I don't know if that's appropriate for was there kissing after? Did I kiss any oysters after? I don't think that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Now we spent a very pleasant evening together, and uh, now I will uh, be away for a couple months. And uh, you know, Rachel and I are you know dear friends and uh, like each other's company very much. That's all I can well, say about that situation. Well, you know what? You are you're a benchmark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're a great example of a man that can move on from a woman and still maintain a good, congenial, logical, warm relationship. Not a lot of guys can do that. Well, thank you. But I would tell you, when I was younger, I couldn't do it. And there's uh, there's only been two women in my life that I've been able to do that. And one is uh, ex-wife Randy, who I'm seeing yeah. on Friday. And uh, Rachel and I, who like uh, hanging out with each other. I really, I, I, I've um, forgotten. I'm going to say this. I really had missed uh, her. Really missed a lot about her. So there was kissing. Whatever. Um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> on the uh, subject of seafood, last night I went to a little restaurant beside us, and they have sushi, and I had the Godzilla. What is that? Well, it was one of those things the night before. Two, a couple of nights we were there, and I had chicken curry. Uh, with rice and it was delicious mm, but then the guy went by me the uh, waiter went by me and he had this it looked like a pyramid of sushi and i thought that looks fantastic oh my goodness so i called him over and i said what is that and he said oh that's the most popular sushi a sushi dish here it's the godzilla and what it is is tuna and eel mm. and just flake tempura tempura and then it's all the rolls are put in a pyramid and then drizzled with that, you know, that <laughs> sauce they put on. Man, it was good. I'm telling you, brother, it was good. Where was that on your Noom scale? Oh, I don't care. No, I know. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell you've given when, up. When Godzilla yeah. shows up. That's right. You've given up. Like it was just so it was just so good. I, I should have taken a picture. I, I will be having it again, so I will take a picture. So what does but that person a, pay for that in Dominican pesos? Okay, um it was I think it was six eighty divided by forty. So what is that? Um it was six hundred and eighty pesos? Yeah, it was like fifteen bucks or something. Excellent. That's amazing. Oh, it was. It, and then the Caesar salad there is good, and you have grilled shrimp on your Caesar salad, and the grilled shrimp is to die for. Mm. How high was the uh, the Godzilla stack? I'd say six inches in the middle. Yeah. And did you share, or was it all yours? Oh, I offered it, but everybody, they, uh, Delise, for the second time in a row, had the eggplant parmesan. That's uh, $16.05. Really 
Canadian. Yeah. Though. So crazy. Yeah. That's very good. We whip in there for dinner, nice dinner, and it was one. It's a place that we've identified already that all the food is good. So when you leave, you know you're satisfied. So I think both nights we've been there, both of us eating, both of us had appetizers, a couple of glasses of wine, and that. And it's like we walk out of there, tip included, like seventy five Canadian. Can't beat it. No, that's great. Um, especially because it's sushi, and is it? So I guess it's fresh. They catch it. Somewhere near you? You know what, Howard? It's so good, I don't care where they get it. Okay, I would well, imagine. So let's review. You don't care about how many... This is a Noom anymore. You're done with that. You don't oh, care no, about it's not that I'm done comes. with oh, it, but done. I'm down here enjoying myself. And yeah. I'm walking ten, at least 10,000 a day well, up and down okay. this beach. Um, what can I say? A man's got to live. Exactly. Yeah, well, because our personal doomsday clock... Yeah. Not a huge Blue Oyster Cult fan. There's a couple songs I like by them. I'm not sure if you can hear this, Fred, but... (laughs) Do you know this song, Dan? No. No, you will in a second. Um, What I like about this song is that it makes no apologies for being somewhat... I guess it's kind of, you know kitschy or whatever, but it's basically a comment on uh, all those old uh, movies from uh, the 60s and 70s where Godzilla would rampage the cities of Japan. Do you remember this? Oh. Okay, so then the next line is, oh no, there goes Tokyo. (laughs) There goes Tokyo. Godzilla. Godzilla. And it came with, uh, obviously, a nice soya sauce. Had a lovely flavor and a big mound of wasabi. It was crazy. I ate the whole thing with chopsticks. I even ate my salad with chopsticks. chopsticks well, you're, you're getting good at and, it. Um, yeah, I'm getting good at it. I love wasabi. Actually. I can't eat enough. I put so much wasabi. Because we had sushi here on Sunday night with the kids. And I put... You know, by the way, that's apparently... Like in real Japan, real Japanese fine dining, you're not supposed to dunk. And Dan's a, uh, um, a soy sauce dunker as well. The amount of soy sauce we use with sushi here in North America is not how it's done for real. I've been told. And I've seen some cooking shows where that you're only supposed to dab a little bit, if at all. But uh, I don't care. I love the soy sauce. Wasabi, you know, vibe. Yeah, it's whatever... You know, it's your food. You you do whatever you like. What you what tastes good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really good. It really, really was good. If I wasn't so far away, I'd bring. You know, I'd get takeout and bring it home for you. Mm. I appreciate it, man. Uh, so uh, Dan's got to uh, jet again because he's very involved in a project. Sadly, uh, did you have a, a word or two for the folks? Before you uh, depart today, because we got a bunch of stuff to get to before our guest. Oh, me? you better get to it then. No, no, but do you have any final thoughts, Dan? Is there anything uh, that no, you want to... You know, when somebody asks you that, I don't really... Uh, didn't save up any thoughts. Well, you know, what about any, what about a thought right do, now? Do you not bank any? <laughs> do you didn't save up any <laughs> no, thoughts, but you're... So I'm in the moment. You're a 65-year-old man. If, if somebody said, hey, Dan, what are you thinking about right now? Would you have any... Would there be anything in the reserve tank of thoughts? <sighs> 
I was wondering if you uh, if that uh, B12 uh, helped your ping pong game at all. That's uh, great question. Great question because I got it in my left arm and I was worried that I was going to have uh, trouble. But it, uh, I am right handed, as is uh, Miss Hilton, and we had a, uh, a spirited game about an hour of ping pong at this place called Spin on King Street that I've been going to for a long time. Actually, uh, started going there with a lady friend, but. Yeah, what would the demographic be there, um, generally? I was the oldest person that has probably walked into that place in some time. Well, uh, this is what I'm thinking, because I'm, you know, a ping pong table, drinks, King Street. I'm thinking, you know, of a young crowd. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, on this January 24th, <laughs> in, in walks Larry David. <laughs> That's right. The how man comes down the stairs. Uh yeah, it's uh I'll tell you it's a great place though. If you're still like if you're people that I mean, we were drinking non-alcoholic beers but you know it's a great place. So the demo would be you know 30ish got Danny's age, mid 30s uh, the place was yeah, packed. Yeah. And here comes Larry David. That's funny. But and where that, did, where does uh, where do all the like the errant balls go? That's a great question too. So each table and and it's quite a big space. So in the space part that we were in there was probably Nine tables all spread out and each table has a bucket, a wire bucket filled with orange ping pong balls. Why orange? Great question. In the lower light, for some reason, that shows up. So each table is lit, but the the room's got like a dark vibe. And a guy comes around, Dan, every so often with this uh, almost like a, a, a rake slash butterfly basket and he just picks up all so that's the cool thing is you can your ball goes all over the place you don't need to chase it They're, they have a person for that it's part of the service it's kind of like a ball bus boy exactly and he comes around and takes care of all the balls on the floor because all I could imagine was people you know <clears throat> chasing their balls all over the place yep, that's great you know this is reminding me of a champ episode where'd all the errant balls go pardon pardon <laughs> Fucking one joke, <laughs> 20 years. Um, anyway, I'm over it. Uh, and then Rachel and I have learned a long time ago, because we played a lot of ping pong together. We, we had, I have a little mini table upstairs that we used here. Oh. And then when we were in Palm Springs, we played every night, and they, they had a ping pong table in the garage. And I learned a long time ago that, and this is some growth for me, that it doesn't matter. Like, we, nev- we played an hour and 15 minutes or so on a table, and never keep score. We just we just rally back and forth because I learned early that keeping score only made people feel bad, and by people I mean her. So I learned <laughs> I learned that oh, it's not really? important. Oh yeah, that it's not important who wins. Me usually that it's not important who wins. It's important to have fun. And so our little game is let's see how f- long we can keep the ball going. And she's very good at it. She's very good at she can rally back and forth and she makes some good shots. But keeping score isn't part of the equation. Okay, so if winning means so much to her, how did she buy into the not keeping score situation? Oh, don't miss it. Winning doesn't mean much to her, but it it always it it just it's brought up some poor feelings. And I thought, you know, prickly, prickly, prickly feelings. Yeah. And who cares? Uncomfortable. And and so who needs that in a fun time? I don't. So that was a no. good time. Oh, you've really evolved. You really have evolved. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Listen, kids, let's uh, move on. Dan Duran will be uh, back at some point doing his news once his big project's over. 
and uh, as I mentioned, Lisa Baker, who's become a, a semi-regular on the show. She's a very funny comedian, along with a, 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 a regular, Darren Frost. They've teamed up for some uh, comedy shows. We'll have them on soon. Sherpa's coming up as well, but uh, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about this? Uh, the Chambers Plan, Chambers of Commerce, Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one. Group benefits plan for small business. Go to chamberplan.ca. Get all the information you need. There's a little badge there. It says get a free quote, and you can. So you'll have an idea of what it would cost your small business to be involved in a benefits pack. Has full coverage. Like, it's amazing what you get. There's dental, of course. There's uh, prescriptions. Uh, there's the travel aspect that I'm enjoying right now, mental health uh, therapies, um, uh, uh, human resources department. It's fantastic. It's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. You know, in an ideal world, the first time you got into an electric car, you'd have someone you trust walk you through everything you need to know. Last week, I got it mixed up. I thought it was you would have someone trust walk you through. But, I mean, it's the same thing. You know... If this is your first time trying electric, we recommend evnet.ca. What a great experience it's been for Freddie and I. Uh, Those trying to, you know, a second car should book a test drive. I've mentioned this a bunch of times that what you get with the experience is an EV advisor answering your questions. You get to take the car home, rent it for a day, a weekend, a week. You experience life with an electric car, and it is different. All you do is choose the experience you want, choose the length of time, Choose pickup or delivery. And right now, the first 10 people that choose any of these experiences get $10 off with the voucher HF20. That's $10 off HF20. They are knowledgeable people in the world of EVs, and this is the way to go. This is a great EV entree by going to evnet.ca. You can also go to evnet.ca slash experience and go right to picking your car. Call 1-800-387-9391 and visit Electric Experiences, the best way to try an electric car in Canada at evnet.ca. Uh, we'll get to some emails. I'm not sure if we got time, but I, I did want to mention, uh, you know, they had a, or you brought it up yesterday, but uh, you can't help but notice if you're a watcher of any kind of current information that. W- did you have a statistic on the show the other day about how many mass murders there's been in the States this year? Yeah, I think it was 38. It, yesterday was the beginning of January 24th, so really 23 days. There had been like almost 40, like 37, 38. And there was another one uh, that we didn't even talk about yesterday, the one up near San Francisco, I believe, was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like there was a, there was, There's been three pretty big ones in San Francisco, in, in California, mm-hmm. since the Lunar, the, the Lunar New Year one, the Chinese New Year one. Can you say Chinese New Year? I, 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 I don't know what to say. It's a lot of work. I bring, Is it Asian New Year? Asia, now? I don't know. Well, I thought it was China. When, when Phil was here, we always celebrated Chinese New Year. We always gave Phil a yeah. little gift, a little Chinese New Year gift. And they still call China China. So why can't you say Chinese? I don't know. Okay. So, um, and by the way, I made a mistake yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, many mistakes I've made, but I, one of, I thought yesterday was Bell Let's Talk Day. And we had our 
discussion oh. about my mental health. <laughs> but today is the actual day, from what I understand. I want to say that like oh. I know it, but I thought somebody had corrected me online. I think today is the day. No, I think you're right, Howard. It was Wednesday, and today is Wednesday. Yes. January 25th, Bell. Uh, yeah, let's talk day. And and why I bring it up is because, you know, inevitably, yes, January 25th, inevitably when these mass murders happen in the States, uh, one of the first things I find fascinating is how the conversation on the right wing of America doesn't want to, the, the, they don't want to have the conversation about banning assault rifles, which you would think would be a pretty simple sell. You'd think, wouldn't it? Like, I get that some people want to have their pistolas and their shooting rifles, you know, for animals and things. And I even get that somebody might want a shooting rifle uh, for protection in their home. But what would the justification would be? And this is where I would throw it to you in case you have some ideas. Well, what would the justification be for not banning assault rifles that do so much damage in a, in a very short amount of time? Because it, it's just political. It's just where it's came, come from, the, the left and I guess generally Democrats have had one position and, of course, Republicans in the right. You can't you can't agree. You can't reach a consensus. It becomes a political issue. I, I, I know I don't understand that either. And listen, I understand guns are uh, people kill people. Guns don't kill people <laughs> like we get that. And mental health is an issue. But. Every time you take a gun off the street, it's one less gun that can do harm. So how does that hurt? Again, to, to get back to the issues from yesterday, how taking moves towards global warming or climate change, how can that hurt? Even if you don't fully believe it, how can it hurt to move towards helping the earth? Same with guns. No, that's like, a great, that's a great uh, parallel that... <laughs> And it kind of goes with what my point is, which is, yeah, what harm is there at least making a step toward some sanity? Because it's hard to really and I'm getting to a point that I think it was a Republican politician that I heard speak yesterday. Very. I wish I could remember his name because he was very moderate, very centrist. And he was saying that, like, basically, you can say like the Republicans are getting more comfortable, it seems, and as society is about saying that there are some mental health holes in the system that need to be plugged. But these last three um, gunmen weren't your typical angry, young Columbine men. These were older guys, 67, 68, 72 years old. And this Republican uh, I heard speak said he made a really interesting point. He said, you know, these men were coping for their whole lives. They had coping mechanisms and then they just snapped. And he said, okay, we all snap from time to time, but it's the ease of access for that weapon, that AR-15, that assault rifle, that maybe if they didn't have such easy access or, or even make it harder to get. But as you make that point about the environment, what harm does it do to just get rid of that? Again, it just becomes politics, and it's downright sickening, and and it becomes even more aggravating and exhausting, to use a word from yesterday, when you see the spillover here in Canada, people taking on that attitude. They're taking our guns away. Well, no, they're not. 
If you want to be logical and think about what you actually need, you know what I would like to know in the United States, too? You probably never could. Of all the slack-jawed goobers who claim they need a gun in their house for protection, how many have ever, ever, ever really needed it? That's a great point. You know, that, that whole... That whole narrative just makes me laugh. Like, like when? How? It's like, show me. It's like, it's like the vaccine thing. Again, oh, yeah. you know, all these injuries from the vaccine, people dying from the vaccine. Prove it. Show me. Where? <laughs> no, that's right. Like I said, the only people that seem to know people that have died from the vaccine are anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Who, by the way, mm-hmm. you know, there was an anti-vax woman. Again, you don't wish death upon anyone, mostly. But you know, those people are dying like crazy. You know, the, 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 there's all these stories, and it's not new, but there's another one recently. Mm-hmm. You know, another anti-vax uh, advocate came down with the COVID onto the ventilators and gone. Yeah. So I'm just looking here, Freddie. There was 18 people killed in California in those three mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Nice. Three weeks, 39 mass shootings in America in 2023. And here's the problem, too, Howie. It is now becoming such an epidemic that it's almost like, I don't want to say copycatting, but you say these people were coping, and all these people now that can't cope any longer, if there are so many of these mass shootings, it's probably one of the first... It's probably one of the first... It's probably one of the first things that comes to their mind. Yeah, you know, it, and again, that was brought up in this conversation. I heard, I heard, I heard. Uh, part of the conversation was that that people see this, something switches in their brain, but because of the access that's so easy, you know, they can get this these guns of mass destruction. Anyway, here's where I wanted to bring this to. Uh, just before we admit uh, Lisa and Darren, you know. I was talking about that person, this anti-vaxxer that I know, who was concerned I was going to Mexico. Aren't you scared, they said. (laughs) Meanwhile, you know, people are going to the States. The snowbirds are going there in droves. And it's it's way more dangerous. I mean, population-wise, I don't know what the statistics would be because we're horrible at math. But, you know, if you went to California, if I said to you, hey, I'm going to California, no one would say, you know, like when my kids... Went to L.A. on uh, Monday. No one said to them, aren't you scared? Like, it's so normalized. You know, I don't know why I'm getting excited. It's so normalized there that you don't even think about it. Yet, a couple of people get killed in the cartel thing that was going on. And people are like, oh, you don't want to go to Mexico, do you? What are you talking about? Safer than California. Well, the way I look at it, too, it's... To even bring it up or make the comparisons is almost meaningless because you just play the percentages. Sure, if I went to California on a two-week holiday now, the chances of me dying by gunfire are, like, minuscule. It's not going to happen. The law of averages. You going to Mexico in the next month or so or two months, the chances of you being harmed or dying are minuscule. It's not going to happen. It's just, again, it's stories that the mass shootings, of course, they have to report that because it's so compelling and gripping and 
But again, a lot of these Mexican things, one person dies and it becomes front page news because it's again, I don't sexy, whatever it is. They know well, it's provocative. going to get it's provocative. And, yes. and I know what your point is, but not you're missing my point. But my point isn't that it's not going to happen. My point is no one thinks to say, oh, you're going to California. Ooh, aren't you scared? Right. But I've told several mm-hmm. people, in fact, almost everyone I've been telling, you know, and, you know, even the people I ran into yesterday, they don't really know. I said, where are you going? I'm going to Mexico. Oh, Mexico. Like there's something nefarious going to happen in Mexico when, you know, going to Florida, Phoenix or California, you probably have a better chance. That's the other thing that was in this story yesterday that, you know, I don't think gets talked about enough. But little American children, your grandkids age, their everyday life now, their everyday life is... Uh, Active shooting. I want to not say uh, drills, not rehearsals. They drill active shooting scenarios in that age of school. You know, young kids. Tell me that's mm-hmm. isn't that enough, America? Isn't the fact that, you know, and this this one last thing the guy said I loved. He said, you know, listen, there's mental health problems all over the world. But we're the only ones that gun each other down, you know, every day of the year. Mental health problems in Italy, Canada, name the place. But those kids, our kids aren't doing, your children, grandchildren, aren't doing active shooter drills today. Right. And nobody's going to argue that the mental health aspect of this plays a big part. I mean, look at Toronto recently. You know, this is probably a good comparison. Again, yesterday, there was a woman, I think, totally unprovoked, stabbed in the face, stabbed in the face by another woman. What? So this, oh, yeah. So, and there's been a few things going on, like a BB gun, a, a TTC driver was shot with a BB gun. So there's a lot of these things going on, these violent acts. But in Canada, you don't have access to the guns the way you do in the United States. So they manifest in different ways with knives, BB guns, you know, beatings like those young girls that beat that man to death and so, yeah, there's a lot of mental health issues right in our own city. Absolutely. Significant. Significant. And, and they're, again, not en- they're not ending in gunfire. And, and that's what I thought this, uh, mm-hmm. this Republican politician, I was really impressed that he was bringing these issues up. So I, I wish I could remember his name. He's obviously one of the more moderate ones because the, the lobby, the gun lobby in the States... They should be ashamed of themselves. They really are responsible for the death of just tens of thousands of their own citizens just for profit. Getting back to this original point, like, okay, uh, back to the climate change parallel you drew, which is a great one. You know, it's like, okay, listen, have all the guns you want. Like I said, all your shooting guns for sport and your pistolas. But like, what harm would it do? That particular one, that AR-15, that assault rifle, what would that do? What would be the big deal? And the big deal is they sell a lot of them. It's fucking crazy is what it is. Yeah, I don't know where it's, I don't know. You know, I just don't, they they need, that country needs an intervention. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's a great point. They need a third... Yeah, they need a third party to come in and say, okay, this is too polarized. This is too wacky. You people have to come together a bit here. Yeah, you know who they need? They need baby Jesus to come back. Yeah, if only baby Jesus would come back and uh, take care of things. All right. Uh, As often happens uh, in the middle of a very provocative discussion, 
Everybody's gonna go to school. These two beauties show up. For uh, the better part of uh, 11 years, uh, one of our guests has been making regular appearances on our program because he's uh, smart, funny, a bit saucy, provocative. And recently, over the last couple of years, we've had the pleasure of uh, getting to know another uh, similar comedian, provocateur, commentator. And the two of them, strangely enough, much like ourselves, have teamed up. I've not written any of this down. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea where this is going to go, except to say it couldn't be uh, happier to bring on to uh, our program both of these super beauties. Uh, please welcome back to our show, Lisa Baker and Darren Frost. God damn it. Hello, people. Look at the two of you. Wow, that was beautiful. But you know what? I'm going to say right now was it was, I don't think I could do it again. <laughs> that, that's what she said. Oh, come on now. <laughs> That's what Barry's done to you, you fucker. <laughs> See, yeah, well, you'd have never you know. made that joke before you moved to Barry. Lisa, we know him. Yes. Uh, Lisa, how do you... By the way, hi, Lisa. Hi. Hi. How did you two... Uh, I don't want to say hug up, you know, like the kids, but how did you two get together? With the, okay, we're going to talk about a show, uh, Fred, that Darren and Lisa are doing together. Because Darren right. is Darren is cheating on Kenny. I'm going to yes. get to it. I'm going to get to it. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, how did you? Uh, for what was your first encounter with the angry man that is Darren Frost? About I oh, God, I want to say like 13 years ago, I opened for him and Kate Davis in St. John's in Newfoundland. Nice. Yeah, and, and that was like, I, and I've never seen anything like Darren. No. And and Kate was um, she was very relatable for me as a mother, and then as a blue comic. And so I just thought this was like the coolest thing ever. So you liked what you saw, which is which is interesting because you know obviously Darren's the type of comic that not everyone likes what they see. No, no. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's all subjective, right? And I just I love like dirty, clever comedy. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like this was like okay, this is what you aim for because I want. I knew I was blue. I knew that's how I just naturally went that way. So it was like this is the goal, you know. Frosty, if I may call you that, <laughs> um, how are you, young man? You all right? You miss us? Well, you know, your buddy's I'm in humbling. my bunker. I'm in my bunker in Barry. What do you think? Is that the kids' closet or yours? This is my closet with my suits from 1984. I still have from my that's day right. job, just in case <clears throat> no. I have to go back. Do you still have the uh, the suspenders and baggy pants, Robin Williams? Uh, no, but I have my first. Yeah, I have the funny clothes. I have the wacky T-shirts and the wacky pants I used to wear yeah. uh, before I hated myself enough to not wear those kinds <laughs> of clothes. So funny because I found a, a headshot, one of my original ones from like uh, Punchlines in Vancouver. That's how far I go back. And I was wearing the baggy pants and suspenders because, you know, that's what you did in those days. And then... I graduated after I stopped hating myself as much to the blazer period, the Dave Coulier vibe. That's or, an, or Seinfeld. Or That's Seinfeld, Seinfeld yes. Vibe. Yeah. Um, but I've worked, I've had the pleasure, Lisa, of working with Darren off and on for years. And I say the same thing. Like, if you don't think it's funny, that's your problem. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been in shows where, I don't know if I've ever seen you walk somebody, but I've seen people get very uncomfortable. 
Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. That's what. What can I do? But it's it's like we're all adults. We're all there for an adult show. We build it that way. It's like nobody takes your kids to a Quentin Tarantino movie expecting to see Dalmatians unless you're expecting to see them die. I mean, that's what I always say. If you don't mind your kids seeing a Dalmatian die, then bring them along to you know Pulp Fiction and Darren Frost years. But uh, otherwise, we're all adults, and I build it that way. And if you know, that's on you, not me. Well, having said that, do you fully expect? That during the shows somewhere, someone will take exception. Someone will get up and walk out. Someone will say something, leaving you going like wondering. You knew what you were getting. Why are you here? That well, that type I, of I thing. don't. I don't think with this tour because there's a difference between what I mean. Kenny, you're doing the level of of harshness and this show. This show is more like a kind of R-rated kind of uh, you know rom-com kind of funny, and uh, the other one pushes it a little farther. And that's mm-hmm. why we're able to play. I, I hate to say it, bigger venues with this tour because it's more kind of relatable to more people. And uh, you know, we both have had our issues with uh, you know audience members, whether I've been attacked or Lisa had a table flipped on her. She had a table flipped yeah. on her a couple of months. Go went viral. What? I'll tell you about it. it went crazy. Lisa, we, we've had you, have we had you on since this happened? Yeah, but because it's funny because you guys are like, are you concerned about walking people? Meanwhile, Darren and I both had videos online of us being assaulted on stage. And we're like, you know, not so much. Walking people. Oh, that would be a dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Lisa, give us, you know, give us some credit. We're trying to have a narrative here. I don't know. Uh, tell me about the, t- tell me the story of uh, you having a table flipped on you. I was in Sylvan Lake, sold out show. Um, and I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm doing my thing and there's a table in the front and the venue could seat more than they had seating for it. You know what I mean? Their capacity was larger. So they were bringing in these just like, you know, temporary tables, just like, you know, tables you would have at a party. And um, the front table was so rowdy. I could see people getting upset. They had been spoken to already at this mm-hmm. point quite a few times. So finally we were like, okay, you know what? They got to go. So the producer comes down. He's like, you got to leave. And then um, the one gentleman at the table decides when everybody clears the table to just throw the table at me, comes onto the stage, all of the glasses, the drinks, the beers, everything. It's the, and I mean, it was full. It was all over the floor, glass everywhere. I'm covered in alcohol. And then I jumped off the stage and proceeded to uh, pull my fist back into this gentleman's face um, to punch him, of course. And then uh, all of the men in the room swarm uh, this guy, push me out of the way, and they handle it. Mm. Um, no punches were thrown, but because they got there and intervened in time, but I was definitely going to, yeah, like just threw the mic down, jumped off the stage in his well, Yeah, Sounds like an episode of Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny, not fun, interesting that... Uh, but, but you know when I when I talk about walking an audience member, what you've just described—that's not somebody who's gonna who's been no. offended at something you've said, and that's what no. you know. I, I, I'm I'm talking about that. Un- what you what you've described is just fucking asshole behavior, yes. which we've all as comics uh, encountered. You know, I've had yes. people throw shit at me. I was telling Darren why I. First time I played Hamilton, some woman threw fucking. All of a sudden, I get hit in the the side of my the head with something. I look down and it's a nail, like a, a a big giant. I'm like, oh well, it's Hamilton. I guess it makes sense. Like um, a roofing nail. Yeah, fucking roofing nail. And um, but what you've described there is is. But has it happened to you, Lisa? The the type of thing that's happened to Darren, where people just kind of throw their hands up and go, "Well, this isn't the Dalmatian show I wanted." Yeah, well, yeah, but usually when I walk people. It's on purpose. Like, it's not like I 
because at that point, somebody's done something in the audience to annoy me. Uh, you know, one night it was a woman who was just so drunk at the like 730 show. I'm like, come on, lady, get your shit together. And That's right. 730 show. She's hammered. She's heckling. She's already said stuff to the host. And then I start going. And then there's a video of this. It's an old, old set. But I start going at her. And to the point that she finally stopped, got up, paid her bill, walked out. And I was like, oh, best case scenario. You yeah, know? of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, if p- people are going to, I don't, you know, like, we have the choice, like Darren said, you you know, you choose to do these things. Um, we're in an age of, you know, internet. So if you were going to go to a comedian, you know, if I'm going to go spend money to go see a show, I'm going to, I'm going to want to know a little bit about that show. I want to know a little bit about the performers. It takes two seconds to check and see if this is your cup of tea. And if it's not, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you quietly getting up and leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when people are disruptive that it's an issue. It's like that's entitlement at that point, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the main thing that happens nowadays is that, you know, people will even research a comic, probably not like them, show up at a comedy club, watch the show, and then give a bad Yelp review. It's like, what are you doing? I would never do that. You're never going to see me line up to see a band I don't like, go to the show, and then trash them on the Internet. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the way the world it is. But the funniest thing about that video Lisa was talking about, about the table flipping, is a comic brought this up. And I never noticed it at first. And now every time I watch it, I notice it. Right before Lisa jumps off the little area she's performing on to attack the person, <laughs> she takes her shoes off. It's the funniest oh, no. thing. It's the funniest <laughs> thing to watch. Because he's going like, to kick oh, here before. I'm taking my shoes off if I'm going to go. They, I, I was jumping, and they were, they were coming off. So I was like, okay, let's, and you know what? I never did get them back. I never did get them back. Somebody handed my fiance a pair of shoes and her like, these are Lisa's shoes. And he looks at them and they're like teeny. He goes, no, her feet are as big as mine. You know, like, <laughs> he was like these are not her shoes. So I think they went with the girl to the drunk tank. Oh, that's funny, man. And, and the tough thing for you guys, right? The triggers, like one, a joke to one person. You'll never be able to figure that out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody brings their own baggage to any show, right? And and what's funny to you is not funny to the next person. That's how I always say, look, if you don't laugh at one joke, wait for the next one. Because everybody else around you is is laughing. If you don't like the next one as well, okay, well, and if you don't like the third one, get out because you're not going to like the show. (laughs) That's it. I mean, it's the three strikes and you're out. Works for baseball. Well, sure. And to be fair, you know, again, I've done some shows with Darren over the years and... uh, you know, to be fair, you know, like you were talking about researching comedians. Like, I won't go to a restaurant now without going right. online and looking at the menu. Right. So I'm not going in there going, wait a second. <laughs> I had no idea this was all. But so there shouldn't be a surprise anymore, especially the number of times that you've done press about these shows, rank and vile in particular. And now this show uh, aptly named Beauty and the Beast Yes. Which I love. Uh, and uh, we're going to tell you, by the way, if you want to get tickets, just I'll, I'll mention this now. Tickets are available at lisabakercomedy.com. All the uh, tour dates are there. It starts tonight in Barry. Yeah. Uh, kind of a home game for uh, Darren. Yes. Um, we actually started on Sunday night. We sold out in Kingston, Ontario. Uh, last night in uh, in Cambridge, we were there, and we had almost a, like a 90% sellout, like 160, 70 people on nice. a Tuesday night. That's great. Wow. Well, and um, and you mentioned something, Darren. This is I wanted to mention, uh, ask about w- w- joining with Lisa, is that you know, you've know you got a fan base here for sure. Lisa's got people and, and works really hard to promote her shows. 
but you mentioned that you're doing bigger venues because it's more of a just an R-rated show versus the rank and vile. We're going to say some shit show. Well, yeah, and also uh, Lisa has a very large following on TikTok, and that's leading to sing- like in- like last night. Ninety percent of that show was there for Lisa. We were at the Newfoundland Club in Cambridge, and uh, you know, so it's kind of like it's like the Reese's peanut butter cup analogy. You know, I'm peanut butter, uh, she's chocolate, and the two can be together, and it works, and Aww. we both pull, <laughs> and it's the perfect thing. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Would you, in a situation like this, do you guys ever think of, do you do it on your own, like, uh, like video it, tape it for that, for presentation somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, I'm recording every show, the audio at least, and last night I recorded the video. We're pulling yeah. things. I, I'm First of all, uh, you know, 10 years ago after being assaulted, I was told by a lawyer, you better start recording yourself. So it's oh. not just he said, she said. It's for mm. security reasons. Mm. So I started doing that. Um, but, yeah, for this tour, it's like you never know what can happen when you're mm-hmm. in front of somebody else's crowd or even just in front of a large crowd. So it's great to have that on tape because those are the things that, like, you know, we know that go viral. That's the world yeah. we live in. Well, it's interesting you brought up uh, recording. I didn't know we were going to go there, but I had written this down to run it by you two. Uh, A friend of ours, all of ours, uh, Glenn Foster, put something out online. A pretty clever little video about... uh, do you really want? Do you really want to talk about Glenn Foster with me? Do you really- <laughs> Lisa, I, I don't know your history with Glenn Foster. Is there? I don't something- have history. <laughs> Just piece of shit. But go on. Okay. Well, she's so, touched on it on a previous. Has show, she? Though, okay. Well, yes. okay. Forget who did it. It's the yes. content of it. Yes. Yeah, I can't remember why you don't like Glenn. I'm, you know, I just turned 63 yesterday, Lisa. Right. You got to give me credit. It's, it's as much as I can do to remember both of you guys. So yes. I can't remember the history, but le- I, right. le- there's some prickliness there. Um, but he put out this thing. I don't know if you saw it, Fred, about the uh, Bill C-11, about Internet, um, the CRTC. And it kind of a, it's kind of a, a bit of an issue for a lot of people, people, content creators like you, and I guess someone like us, because their their Bill C-11 is going to change the way we're allowed to produce content in Canada. Have you guys thought anything about this? I'm no. not 100% familiar with the bill. I, had, I did not see the clip that Glenn put out. Well, basically, it's like, you know how there's a uh, CRTC that governs radio mm-hmm. and television course, in Canada? They, they're basically, they're amending the Broadcast Act so that there will be regulations around Canadian content on, online. That's basically the nuts and bolts of it. Like they're going to be able to stop me from posting something through due to algorithms and, and such kind of thing? I don't know. Freddie, Mike, explain that even remotely, right? Well, yes, but here's the deal. It's like gun laws in the United States. The far right, and Glenn Foster sort of falls to the right. What, yeah, that's, <laughs> what his, that's, his, that's his thing. Yes. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, it's Whatever working out great, and it's working are, out great that's, for him. That's, that's, okay. that's his thing. Yeah, that's not These my people, thing. That's his. What they want to do is take an issue like this and become hysterical over it, right? Overreact to it. Right. Because in practice, none of us will ever be affected by this, ever. Right, right. It's, it's, in, it's in place for the people that want to, you know, um, be evil online. Um, yeah, those right. who want to spread misinformation online, which is a big problem in our society okay. now. Oh, the so, irony of posting about this. <laughs> well, this is what I mean. Yeah. So... 
to to the to the it's not going to affect anybody overall. But again, that side wants to overreact and pretend they're taking all our rights away when it's just nonsense. Right. It's going to be there to make the environment a little more palatable, a little safer. That's right. all. Well, I mean, right. that's not surprising to me that yeah. it would because as soon as you said that, did you see what Glenn? It's like, well, okay. So first of all, anything mm-hmm. that Glenn would post, I would take with a grain of salt, and then I'm going to have to jump right. down a rabbit hole. Uh, I'm going to have to do the research <laughs> and, and figure out what exactly he's crying about today. And so they, that, and that's the thing. That's what they do. They'll take something like that. They'll blow it way out of proportion. Um, you know, it's. This is going to affect us all. We're, you know, and I've never seen someone so, so just desperate and hungry and disturbing to be oppressed mm-hmm. as Glenn Fox. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. I um, mean, everything he posts, right? So, and, and and we've talked a little bit about this before, and I didn't mean to you know throw this on you guys, but I thought you you know you have opinions on things. Yeah. What what I what I like about this, and then what you explained there, Fred, to. Because hate speech and, you know, shitty content, you can't do that on radio or television in Canada no, because no. because we're regulated. Yes. So you shouldn't be able to have that right. I don't care how free the Internet is. <clears throat> that's, that, so that's the good part of this bill, that it's going right. to regulate how right. shitty you can be the same right. way you, that you, you have to abide by those rules. Like we couldn't have this conversation on our show on The Edge. We could have right. it, but it wouldn't be this. It uh, wouldn't be this authentic. Um, we would have the language. We would never things. have a language, yeah. and we'd have to be careful. But I don't. I don't mind people having to be careful with the shitty things they say online. Well, here, no, here's it, the thing. I, I don't mean to interrupt you guys, but uh, see, I've been doing this for 32 years, and for 32 years, I've been lumped into a category of a certain kind of comic, a comic because I'm blue and I'm dirty and I'm edgy, and everyone thinks I'm like a, one of these freedom of speech warriors and that kind of thing. I do believe in freedom of speech. I'm not going to say I do not, and I will fight to the death for people to have it, but that doesn't mean they don't have freedom of consequence, mm-hmm. and freedom of consequence will have to be if that you're hurting people, then you cannot project that into the world through traditional means. There'll be other ways that you can find your way to do it i don't agree with you doing it like i've always said every joke can be told that doesn't mean it should be told yeah and it's up to each individual to decide where their line is that's what i've always said and in this country for the most part and i don't it's weird that glenn's complained about this because it's been this way for many years in america they embrace controversy in canada they don't so we've kind of almost had this problem from the jump before the internet of what we can broadcast out there because of these crtc rules yeah the game hasn't really changed that much uh, i'd have to do much more research on what exactly the bill says but i yeah, it seems this is almost like a false flag type situation. We're like, well, we're going to make this so extreme that, you know, this is why it's wrong. And yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird situation. And we don't have freedom of speech in Canada. No, we, we have don't. Freedom of expression. Like, yes, big we, difference. yeah, like in the United States, they can say whatever they want. You can incite violence in Canada. You can't do we have we have laws against that. Yes. Um, and, and I and I personally believe rightfully so just looking at the history of, you know, humans. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think you should be allowed to incite violence or, or any of that kind of stuff. But to, I mean, to take it to the no, to, to look at that bill and go, comedians are going to be in no, trouble. No. It's like Jesus Christ. You know, you know what you, I mean? You, All things. Yeah, that's what they're going to go after. The people telling dick jokes. No, <laughs> I, I, it's just ridiculous, and I'm not surprised. And 
you know, maybe 10 years ago, eight years ago, seven years ago, I might have thought, whoa, you know, I don't like the sound of that. But all you have to do now is spend a day or two on social media or what's out there to come to the conclusion that we got to watch what we're doing here. A lot of people are being harmed. And again, it's not the dirty jokes, the blue jokes. That's not what we're talking about. It's misinformation. Well, and I thought... I talk about that sometimes, like, um, when I start a show and I do, like, a disclaimer of, like, you know, I'm going to say some stuff mm-hmm. that's going to bother you. And sometimes I will even specifically say, like, I'm just going to say a bunch of dirty words. Like, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to say anything racist or homophobic or mm-hmm. bigoted in any way. Like, they're just dirty words, you know? And I think that's there's a huge difference in, in that, like you said, in saying something that, you know, can be dangerous, right, as opposed to just you know swearing or whatever well i was going to say besides so, yeah. besides having to you know freddie and i've done this job a long time both on radio and television as well and there is a not just the crtc that governs what we can do there's the broadcast standards council so there's uh, as you said both there's checks and balances here that they don't have in the states mm-hmm. um anyway i just thought i'd bring it up because uh, because of this discussion and i want to let everyone know a tale as old as time ladies and gentlemen <laughs> I just, I've been all night long, I'm thinking, I'm going to play this fucking Beauty and the Beast theme. I don't give a shit. Yes. Available, tickets are available tonight in Barrie, tomorrow in Sault Ste. Marie, and then a whole slew of uh, events uh, going on until February and beyond, I hope. LisaBakerComedy.com is where you find out. Uh, I would challenge Darren on one thing he said, though. Darren's not, if anyone's fighting anyone to the death, it's going to be Lisa. Yeah. Oh, hands down. Like you're hands listen. down, and, and I'm knuckles in my purse. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And it's, and it's a good thing this is radio, and you're playing this song because I'm not wearing pants. Keep playing the song. No, exactly. I was gonna say if somebody flips a table on Darren, he's throwing his shoes at him. He's not jumping down there. Oh, yeah, come on. Come on, man. Listen, I'm a troll. I'm a troll, not a UFC fighter. I'll tell you right now, Darren Frost. It's always a pleasure to make your acquaintance again. Good seeing your face, you sweet man, Lisa Thank Baker. You. Always a pleasure as well. Thanks for. Uh, you know, hanging with us again. LisaBakerComedy.com for shows. Beauty and the Beast, everybody. Bye, Thank guys. You guys. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. And don't forget to write a good review of our radio show or whatever the fuck this is. <sighs> That's great, man. I love I love Lisa's reaction. As soon as I say Glenn Foster, she's about puked in her mouth. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye now. Off you go, you two beauties. No, no. Yeah, the um, when, I, when we first started, go ahead. No, I was going to say. I mean, uh, you mentioned that Glenn Foster thing, and again, from a marketing standpoint, and uh, you know, because we always have to worry about that. Who's your audience? Who are you trying to reach? I don't. That's titillating a very small mm-hmm. fraction of the of the potential audience. You know what I mean? You know, and there might be parts of, and I, and I, I had, I had that Bill C eleven stuff at the ready because I wasn't sure when I was thinking about it this morning what exactly it covers. It includes content on all pat, all platforms, YouTube to Spotify, TikTok. But basically, the first sentence that I relate to is it expands the broadcasting act. Now, there might be parts of that that might seem on the surface to be um, overreaching or overbearing. But as we were just saying there, like, there's so much crap out there now. And I've, I've said this before when, when this has come up. I said, we have to abide by certain rules. And we have, we have had to our whole careers. So why not social media, right? Remember that discussion? Well, 
Yes, yes. And radio stations are public airwaves. This right. is a bit different. You sort of go and get it. And again, I think the measures are putting, um, um, being put in place for safety. You know, I look at Sirius XM here in Canada. Are there regulations? Yes, some. But you can turn on Sirius XM and hear some pretty raw content. You sure. can. But you go and get it. You pay for it. What you don't hear is dangerous information, per se. Because they're, they're if, go ahead. No, and I, and and if there is something is said about it, yeah. if you are starting to spread misinformation and lies that can harm people, that's all that's going to do here in Canada. That's it. And, but back to serious, the reason you can hear provocative inform, uh, content, as you say, you pay for it, you choose it. But they're governed by the same broadcast standards council and CRTC regulations that the rest of us are. Now right. I remember this conversation when I said, just be, excuse me, we have media, which is what we've had to abide by, and it's social media. So social media should have some checks and balances. And, you know, when, when the pandemic uh, began and there was all this bullshit being spread, I was at some point impressed by Google or not Google, Facebook and Twitter. Yes. By putting on, um, what do they call it? Like an advisory or a. Yeah. I, I thought, okay, well, that makes sense. Because you can't just say the vaccine is bullshit. There had to be some regulations. Now, again, someone listening might say, well, there's more to it than that. You guys are naive, whatever. But we've had to abide by these rules for years. And something will always slip through the cracks and there will always be questions and there will all always be what about isms. I yes. guess that. But um, I'll tell you, you know, I was reading a thing and my daughter was talking about it last week. The effect that social media is having on, you know, young, like young teenagers, girls in particular. Um, will you ever be able to? Um, govern that or legislate that or put things in, in place to protect them from each other? Who knows? But it can't go on the way it is. It can't. From my perspective, call me a commie. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you're super commie. All right. Um, retirement Sherpa's coming up here in a second or two. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, our friends at GoDaddy. First, let's just groove along with the Beatles. Servicing 20 million customers worldwide and doing it with entrepreneurs for over 25 years. Talking about the wonderful people at GoDaddy. That's where you go. If you, know, you want a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. If you have an idea for a small business, maybe you're thinking about a side hustle. That's what all the kids are doing. Maybe it's a brilliant idea you've been dreaming about and sitting on for a while. Maybe now it's the time. Maybe it's an online store. You want to start selling your products. There's no better time than now to get it online. You can find your domain, create your website with GoDaddy, and bring it to life. Because they have free and friendly 24-7 support. Start your website for free today, Frederick. GoDaddy can do it. Try it out. No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Uh, that sweet man, Tim Niblett, coming up, talking about money and investments and, uh, you know, turning 25 cents into a dollar and all that stuff. He's coming up here in a second. How did that? No, I'm just, did you see the... Uh, 
That story Justin Bieber just sold his complete catalog for two hundred million dollars. How old is he? Twenty six. Twenty seven. He uh, he sold his catalog already. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Maybe those guys are. You know, that's a. It's funny because you I, you understand when the older guys do, but I'm surprised that a a young guy who's still producing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess he's. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a bit bewildering, but I guess he thinks I'll cash in now. Hmm. And then give the money to the Sherpa, and yeah. he'll turn that, you know, $200 million into, into, you know, a billion. $1.2 billion. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. That's what he did with me. I, I don't, before we, I don't know if he can hear this, but I, I don't give, I only had a few thousand dollars to give a Sherpa, and he turned it into $1.2 billion. Not a lot of people know, <laughs> not a lot of people know that. That's how good he is, but it only happens once in a while. Oh, there he is. <clears throat> Hello, sir. Good morning, all. Welcome from all around the world, I guess, right? All right. At well, least North yes, America. Sir. Let, me, let me introduce you officially, because I know I know you don't like to talk until uh, you've been given the official introduction. He is uh, he's magic, is what he is. He's a retirement Sherpa, Tim.Niblet, or RaymondJames.ca, and we visit with him uh, from his jurisdiction in uh, Florida. Fred's in the Dominican. I'm in Toronto still. Soon all three of us will be somewhere else. I guess the next time we do a show together, I'll be in Mexico. Uh, Fred, will you be back here? I can't, I can't. No, I'll still be here. But then you'll be in Mexico, I'll be in Brampton, and then we'll both be in Mexico, it's but a lot. on the opposite side of a city. It's a lot to keep track of. Oh, yes. Hi, Timmy. Good morning. Um, is there a flowchart available for all the uh, comings and goings? Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. No, there's a spreadsheet. Where we have to keep track of the days we're doing shows, where we're doing them from, are we using the gig sky, etc. Man. Excellent. You know, uh, we were in the DR briefly on our cruise there, Fred, and it was a lot warmer than here. I, I'm just north of Tampa. Uh, a beautiful day, mind you, today, but I'm doing appointments all day long, but it looks you know nice what? outside. And um, it, it's amazing, like... Yesterday morning was, I think, 45 at, at tea time. We tee off at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and, and uh, like, we're not in the Dominican Republic. We're in Florida in January. So uh, it constantly amazes me how people think it's going to be 80 degrees all day long around here. So 45. Yeah, that's, one, that's one of the misconceptions about Florida. In January, yeah. it can be cool no so matter where you are. What is that? 45 is like 5? Five? 5 Celsius or something like that? Yeah, uh, I'd give it a seven or an eight, maybe. And uh, then it's got a nice beat, and you can dance to it. <laughs> so at, uh, <laughs> I think at it's around that. seven degrees at eight o'clock, so seven to seven is fourteen. Yeah, okay. And then by the time you get the back nine, it's what? It's back to 70, 65, 70? Yeah, it would have been about sixty. So that's kind of my barometer: is that whatever the the temperature is halfway through, if that's kind of doable, then. You know, I'll, I'll go through the first half for the yeah, yeah. for the second half being being good sort of thing, right? And, and recognizing that it's just nice to be able to be out and, and for enjoy, sure, especially with what the forecast is there uh, today. Oh yeah, there's a storm coming here. Yeah, a big one apparently. Oh yeah. Um, Tim, where did you port in um, Dominican? We uh, did Porto Plata. Oh, and uh, we've been to Punta Cana many a time in past years because the mm-hmm. beach there and everything's amazing. Uh, but we did a super cool thing. We we went to a coffee plantation and uh, all the people that were there by itself, it was very interesting. And they 
roasted fresh beans and ground them and made us coffee. And But this place um, donates coffee uh, plants, I guess, to local farmers and communities. And, and so our group made 150 of them uh, while we were there. And those 150 over the next 30 years are going to create, I think, something like 13,000 pounds of coffee that this community can make money off of. So it was fun and heartwarming all at the same time. Fantastic. If I knew then what I know now, I could have sent you for the Godzilla just down the That's beach. That's right. Oh. I know, and I had sushi mm-hmm. last week, so I'm a big fan, but uh, mm-hmm. next time we'll uh, do the Godzilla. Um, <laughs> Freddie, just uh, give me a little less uh, gain here on the uh, the Fred mic. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, engaged in some Sherpa business with the uh, fine Sherpa staff, and uh and again, I, I felt a little bit dumb because I wasn't 100% sure. You know, after all the times we talked about TFSAs, and I understand how the RSP works, and I understand that you get a tax break, etc. But it is a, uh, a vehicle that, uh, you know, we didn't all have access to when we were younger, young in noobs investing. But it really is a, a great vehicle for a lot of different reasons. For both young and old, and I want you to talk about it because uh, from that perspective, because my youngest or my oldest daughter, I should say, has been asking me about them. And I said, you know, I don't know at your age, what's the better plan uh, to start an RRSP or to go the TFSA route? What, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, sure. Well, it's great to have the two different ones, right? Because they have different dynamics. So some fit some circumstances better than others. I, I'd say in general, for younger people, uh you know, TFSA is probably the way to go because they're not going to save much uh, unless they're making a great income and have a, a famous dog or something like that. But <laughs> in, in general, they're not going to save much uh, putting money into an RSP, and they're still going to pay full tax when they come out. So they're they're better off to get the TFSA going. That's decades full of tax-free growth, which is incredibly powerful, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and save the RSP contribution room, because uh, once you use a dollar once, it's gone forever. Save that room until you're making more money. Get a better uh, break for putting it in. Yeah, I only wish eh, it had been around in our uh, mm-hmm. most productive years, seriously. Because, again, Howard asked that question, and from my perspective, you know, I agree. It's like, is there even a question now? To think that after all those years, you walk away and not have to give the tax man anything. (laughs) It's crazy. It's fantastic. Well, there's a lot of ways you can layer up your RSP contributions. As Mm -hmm. an example, we got about five weeks to go to March 1st, the deadline there. Uh, You know, let's say you're putting 10,000 in your 50% bracket, just round numbers. Uh, You could borrow 10,000, put 20 in. When you get your refund, take that 10,000 refund pay off the 10,000 loan and and you've arguably doubled your contribution with you know no sweat sort of thing so mm-hmm. that's one way you can double up and then the TFSA is one of the other ways make your RSP contribution uh, if it makes sense of course and then take the refund when you get the refund put it into your TFSA so you kind of got the best of both worlds that way as well Tim, do you know if a lot of these companies now, when I worked at Chorus years ago, I was in the match program. You know, I bought RSPs. They matched it. Can those be directed now, those company ones, into uh, TFSAs as well? I would imagine they can be. It would be up to the employee, right, whether you want the tax break or you want the uh, tax-free savings account. 
Yeah, that's a great question. I, mm. I don't know if I know of any at all that a TFSA is a choice, unless maybe it's a much smaller employer right. where they're more flexible. Uh, mm-hmm. Gosh, I, I'm like 99% certain all the big ones is just RSP. Yeah, I was going to say that. Right. I mean, I, I wasn't part of the chorus plan. I had a personal services company, so I directed it myself. But I think... Um, like using Actra as an example, they direct it into an RSP. If you want to self-direct it, you have to take it away from them. You have to take it out of their hands completely. I don't think there's a, uh, but, but, but our, if you have a matching group plan for RSPs, you know, Freddie and I Mm -hmm. had this conversation with the younger people for years, Timmy, if you have a matching plan, you, you should max, you should max it out because it's free money basically, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for mentioning that. I mean, that's, uh, boy, if, mm-hmm. if there's financial New Year's resolutions, that should be one of them for anybody who's part of a plan, right? And uh, I'm good, but I can't double money instantly. No, exactly. So, uh, right. if, if you're getting free money, take every penny of it you can. That's where every single dollar should go to until you can uh, max it out. And then we talk about where it goes after that. But even at the other end of that, if you can't, because a lot of people aren't in the position to max out, it doesn't matter if it's a hundred a month. They're still you put a hundred dollars in, they give you a hundred dollars. You just do whatever you can because it's doubled. Like it's crazy. Who wouldn't do that? Well, a lot of people didn't, and then you had that. Con- no, I, heard, I know they. Didn't. I heard you have that yeah. conversation with a lot of younger people along the way. Like, yeah. what are you? How are you not mm-hmm. doing that? Whatever amount you mm-hmm. can, because as you say, mm-hmm. Timberly, um, you know, you're good. But it's, if you put in, even if you put in fifty bucks, they give you fifty bucks. Why not take it? Mm-hmm. Well, if you really think about it, too, I, I mean, it is part of your salary, right? And nobody would say pay me less than you want to so <laughs> if you're if you're not taking advantage of everything that's on the table there you're you're really in essence giving yourself a pay reduction and again nobody would want to do that and uh, finally you're in your notes here you say something to the effect of uh, should a person invest in flow throughs instead of instead of what well uh flow throughs have uh, again different dynamics of course uh Flow-throughs when people have maxed out RSPs and TFSAs, usually this is a really good option. Sometimes before, um, we've got a cool one coming up where a client got a, a real good bonus. Uh, we're going to look to put money in flow-through. So there are investments in, in energy and resources where the, the government tax credits flow through to the investor. And, and they've a little more volatile for an investment, but very, very attractive tax dynamics. And in fact, if you take anything that you've had a capital gain on and donate it to charity, you don't have to pay the capital gain amount. So flow throughs that end up ultimately going to charity are incredibly tax efficient, about three or four different ways. Well, there you go. There's a man that knows his stuff. Okay. Well, yep. Um, all right, sir. Uh, all I can say is you're a good boy. I hope you're well. Uh, thanks again for today. That's all I've got. That's all I've got, Timmy. That's all I got, man. Well, um, I do have my Numa app on my phone, and I got to get rid of the Christmas holidays stuff. So uh, <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll open that thing up again. But happy day after your birthday. Glad to hear you had a, uh, a great one. No, it was fantastic. It was a really great day. Any day that I get to go and have, like, you know, physio and then hang out with GFR is always a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Tim, uh, you know. Good to see you, and uh, may your golf scores begin with a seven, eh? Eh? 
How about well, that? And not just for nine holes. Around, but I, I could <laughs> <laughs> Tim.niblet at RaymondJames.ca, the retirement chirper. Thanks, partner. Enjoy and profit all. Have an awesome day. There you go. See you, pal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, we're not going to get to all these emails because we've got to wrap this thing up soon. But I, uh, I had written this down. You know, this started. At, oh, there's Dolly. Hi, Dolly. Hi, Doll. Look at Doll. Is Doll in the closet? She's not allowed to. Is that the door to the closet? No, she just told me the powers I would hear. But luckily, I'm on. Uh, it's like it's funny. Eh? Yeah. Anyway, but your condo is uh, experiencing yeah, some more difficulty. Condo, but I, you know. Everything's charged up here that I'm using. Okay, well, we're going to wrap this up. Um, I was going to say, this started this trend a couple years ago, partly with social media and whatever, you know, people wishing you happy birthday, which is very nice. You know, people go on your timeline Mm -hmm. and everyone says happy birthday. And as you pointed out, you know, it's uh, it's nice because sometimes you see some names and I'm not, Mm -hmm. I don't go through every one of them, but you know, you see the odd name like, oh yeah, I know, I know that person and I forgot about that. (laughs) Um, but it's this trend of saying not happy birthday, but HBD that always kills me. Okay. I just mm-hmm. love that. It's like, what are the least, what is the least amount of effort that I could make? Mm-hmm. And to show you that I am now acknowledging the day of your birth, then HBD. I guess Sounds HB. Like a social disease. Yeah. Sounds HBD. like what? A social disease. <laughs> I and got that, the HBD. Oh, I got mm-hmm. it bad. And then on the other hand, there's my buddy Dave, Dave White, mm-hmm. best friend Dave, who I saw this morning posted on my timeline, like an expose of our time together, like pictures from flying and golfing and just so sweet and a comment. And, and then right below it is somebody, hey, humble, HBD. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for the effort. But I listen, I appreciate it. I appreciate all of it. Um, appreciate you. Listen, I uh, I know that's been a difficult morning for us all, and uh, as you're right, and, and there is some uh, there's some weather coming here this afternoon. Yeah, I get it. Why has it been a difficult morning for us all? Well, because of the technical difficulties that started the show. Remember? Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't remember that when we started the show twice? <laughs> oh, okay. But the people listening didn't know that. No, I know, but I'm mentioning it. So there you go. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, I don't have a. Uh, well, I guess I'll use yesterday's uh, extra from Dan Durant. Uh, tomorrow we will get to. Tomorrow will be all about you, Hundy P's and HP's are in training. And all about lots of emails tomorrow. It's going to be a uh, very email heavy. Lots of stuff to discuss, too. So, mm-hmm. okay. Let me just get this ready. We're good, darling. Hi, darling. It's. It's okay, Dolly Walker, because I'm all powered up here. Technology has allows me to continue. Hi, Dolly. Saying hi, Dolly. Aww. Hi, Howie. Look how sweet she is. She just brought me a coffee, and Rudra just sent me a message. Um, let me read you what Rudra said. Oh, power outage. Wow, the Wi-Fi is probably out, too, which it is. He says, Gig Sky to the rescue. Oh, yeah. Like we're not giving Gig Sky enough publicity. Rudra. Um, yeah, man, that really is a lifesaver. We've said it before, you know, and here's a great, you know, real life example. I've used it all over the world, and now we're using it to power the show from the Dominican. I'm taking it. I, this, this is a true story. I'm going to show you upstairs. The first thing I did this morning is I saw the gig sky. I thought, I wonder if it's charged. 
and it's charging right now. It really is breakthrough technology, and you can you can see that we're able to do this because of this uh, this uh, the wonder that is GigSky. No, it's uh, it's fantastic, and if I've learned any uh, anything through this, um, when you travel, maybe have a mind to having some backup equipment as well, because you never know what you might encounter. You just never know. I'm I'm going on a little trip to Sousa or Susa in the next couple of days. Maybe I'll drop into one of their electronic shops and buy a microphone. That'll be good. Um, well, we can talk about whether you'll need one or not. Anyways, kids, we, uh, thanks to Lisa Baker, Darren Frost, Dan Duran, Freddie P., Humble and Fred. See you uh, tomorrow. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and start selling online. GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. We read all of our emails. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing really helps us out. So does telling your friends and getting them to listen to this show. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, even though it's exhausting, you're still alive. So enjoy every goddamn day.